I'm Brenda Caldwell, a.k.a. Dr. B. Welcome to the Hope Zone, moving you from a place of hopelessness and brokenness to a place of healing and wholeness, a place where hope is alive to bring you more peace, more joy, more freedom, and more understanding of your God-given purpose. Let's enter the Hope Zone. Hope family, welcome in to another edition of The Hope Zone. You've entered The Hope Zone with me, Dr. B, Brenda Caldwell, and you know I am all things hope. I am hope on two legs. I am the hope ambassador, the hopeologist, you name it, that's me. You're in a safe place because this is a place where there is hope for every situation. I have great news for you. I promise you, you're going to be so grateful and excited and thankful that you tuned in today. If you've ever wanted to know about your purpose, wanted to understand how God designed you, what you were created to do, you're in the right place. I promise you this session today, this episode today, you are going to be absolutely impacted by. I believe in words. I believe in the power of words. I want you to actually say that this episode is going to be powerful in my life. Did you say that? (laughs) Come on, you ought to say that. I promise you words have power. Before we get started with today's episode, I do want to just say thank you so much. This is episode six of the hope zone and i am just taking this journey i'm being obedient to god he told me that my voice was needed in the earth because our world needs so much hope uh we know so much is going on and that is what i do on my worst day best day and every day in between so thank you for taking this journey with me. I also want to just ask you if you would share this podcast with somebody that you care about, especially you're going to want to share today with somebody that you care about, somebody that you love, that needs hope, that needs inspiration, that needs to also tap into their purpose and tap into their gifts. I promise you. And I would love for you also to subscribe uh, to the podcast. If you've not already subscribed, I'd love for you to do that. And of course, you know, write a comment, leave a review. Uh, if it's being a blessing to you, I appreciate that. That helps a lot on YouTube. I have a new YouTube page. So I certainly want you to uh, go to the YouTube page so that you can continue to get the, the podcast. I mean, yes, get it uh, sent to you uh, on uh, YouTube. I certainly would love for you to do that as well. I am not trying to get rich, not trying to get a whole bunch of followers, not trying to get famous. That is not my motive, not my motivation. That's just not why I am doing this. I want to pour hope into the earth because I know that on people's worst day, best day, and every day, that's what we need. So if you would help me share the podcast, you too can make impact in somebody's life. Now, with that being said, as we get started, mm, 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 today's episode is titled Divinely Designed and Divinely Defined. Divinely Defined and Divinely Designed. However way you said, it's the same thing. And with that being said, mm, 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 my goodness, you are about to be impacted. I want to ask you a question. I want to start out today's podcast asking you this question. Have you ever thought about writing a book about your life? 
Have you ever wondered what would you put in a book? Have you ever even thought, you know, has your life even been meaningful enough that it would even even be worth a book? If those have been your questions. I have some great news for you today. (laughs) In case you won't have time to write a book or in case you never quite have the confidence to to write, write, write a book about you, I want you to know that there is already a book about you. There's already a book written about you. Yes, it is. It's in heaven. Ooh, yes. That's why you're divinely defined and divinely designed. Ooh, what does that mean? There's a book about you already in heaven. And I want to take y'all to the word, take you to the word, share a little bit. I love to, to, to drop off a word from the word because it can change our life. I want to look at Psalm 139 verse 16. This is David who received a revelation about having a book written about him. Same message for us. It says in Psalm 139 verse 16 says, your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed and in your book, they were all written. The days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. David here is declaring that there's a book in heaven that speaks not only of his makeup, but also of his destiny and his purpose. This is quite an interesting scripture. Why? Because before a book even existed, before a book existed, God saw our substance and God saw our substance and meaning that our books had uh, had uh, their beginning through God seeing something before it existed that yet was even formed. I'm going to break it down here for you in a second. Our destiny and our purpose began through God divinely, uh, his divine ability to see us functioning in the earth. That's amazing. Well, you know, God is the all-seeing, all-nipotent, you know, all-knowing God. And if there's anybody that can see into your life and see way, way down the road, even before you came into the earth, it would be God. And so it says, I believe when it's talking about substance, that it's talking about our DNA. DNA is uh, what, what's, what is our, um, what makes us unique? Uh, what makes us as individuals? Uh, and, 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 and understanding that it has to do with our desires, the thing that you gravitate to that just comes so natural for you. We're going to be breaking all of this down. All of these coincide with the destiny and the purpose that we were made for. So one of the best ways to discern what's in your book, what's in your book uh, of destiny, this is called actually the book of destiny. One of the things to uh, best ways to discern what's in your book is to look at what your desires are. Uh, they can they they give you clues. Uh, those things that you just have a natural desire for, you just naturally great at. It just comes natural for you. It's different for every individual. But to understand this, that God saw your gifts and He put them in a book. Oh my goodness! And then predestinated you, predestinated me. This simply means that God has a thought out plan for our life. We do not have to agree with that plan, but If we align our life with his will, it's amazing what will happen in your life. You will tap into purpose. 
and you will have meaning. You will have so much joy and peace and fulfillment, which is what we're all looking for. So it's amazing. The first thing you need to say, I want you to get this in your spirit. There's already a book about me. Would you say that? There's already a book about me. Say, I already have a book. <laughs> Are you with me? And I'm just going to tell you this. It just was downloaded to my spirit to tell you, you have a bestseller. Woo! Oh my. I said, you have a bestseller. The book that is about you and about your life that is in heaven is a bestseller. Oh my goodness. It is. It's awesome. It's amazing. It's a must read. That's why you have to keep living because you have a must read bestseller book that is going to be played out in the earth. That's powerful. Are you receiving this? Come on, stay with Dr. B. This is your day to receive breakthrough revelation and insight into the truth that you are a divinely designed, divinely defined gift from God sent to the earth. That's what I want you to understand, that you were sent to the earth. Okay, let's, let's pause there for just a second. I want you to get this and really understand that everything that you would ever need to become the person you were created to be, it was already placed in you. That's why I love to tell people you are packaged for purpose and wrapped for a reason. Ooh, that's good news. Packaged for a purpose and wrapped for a reason. That's a great word to understand. That is you. Every gift that you would ever need was divinely placed in you before you were even sent to the earth. And there's a book in heaven already that has your life and has your life to live out inside or in the earth. It is already going to be on the earth as it is already in heaven. That's why the scripture says, let it be done in the earth as it is in heaven. That means in heaven, it's already done. You've already lived your life and it's supposed to play out in the earth in such a way that you get to live, you get to see it, you get to enjoy, come on. And that's why I want to share a little bit more because we have an enemy who will try to do everything to keep us from becoming the people that we were born to be. And that's why we have to keep holding on to hope. Mm. That's why we have to keep holding on to hope. So as we talk about this, it's written that our books, uh, that, that what is written rather in our books is according to our purpose. So this really means that God cannot get his purpose done in the earth until or unless we reach our destiny. So if you're not doing what you were sent to the earth to do, that means that the earth is missing something. Oh my God. Wow. Are you listening to that? If we are not getting in position to literally live out our destiny in the earth. Purpose and destiny go together. Destiny means being headed somewhere. And, and purpose means to know what to do when you get there. So as you are living, you are living to get to a place where you are fulfilling your purpose. That's why on the journey of your life, you cannot give up. On the journey of your life, you can't throw in the towel. Are you listening to me? 
I want you to realize and understand that's how valuable you are. And this is why Satan, uh, the enemy fights us. This is why the devil fights us so hard to try to usurp the, 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 the calling on our life, the purpose for our life, to try to block, stop, and hinder us from ever becoming the persons that we were sent to the earth to be. You were sent to this earth to fulfill a purpose that no one else but you can do. Almost, there are over 7 billion people on the planet, but not one like you, not one like you. Listen to this. I want you to get this. Every 11.5 minutes in this country, somebody commits suicide. A person every 11.5 minutes somewhere in the world is committing suicide. That is a business that will never be birthed. That's a book that will never be written or fulfilled in the earth. That is a college degree that will never be earned. That's a ministry that will never get off the ground. That's somebody's life being cut short and never knowing what was truly in their book. There are so many reasons that people would take their life and commit suicide. And, you know, I'm a, uh, a therapist and I, I do have to deal with this uh, issue uh, quite a bit. People having suicide ideations, people struggling uh, with deep depression, struggling uh, with uh, mental health uh, issues that, um, again, that, that make it very hard and difficult to be able to see light at the end of their tunnel. Um, so I'm very sensitive when we talk about suicide because it is my heart's desire to snatch somebody out of the spirit of suicide, to snatch someone who may be thinking about aborting their assignment in the earth because I know that that is a life that mattered but did not know that he or she mattered. And so I'm always aware and cognizant whenever I'm able to talk and share about this subject of, of suicide. And that is, I want someone who may be watching to say right now, suicide will never be an option, period. Some things we just have to emphatically say, and that is suicide is not an option, period, period. So I wanted to say that because I'm, I'm, I, I, you know, my heart just goes out when people um, feel that they just don't have a reason to live, don't have their lives, don't matter. They are not needed, and it's not true. Every life matters, and it, it doesn't matter what has happened to us. It doesn't matter what we've gone through. It doesn't matter how dark our our life may be. Now, there's a book, and that book ends with a good story. It's supposed to end well. God looked out and saw before we even came to the earth what the earth needed. And then he fashioned us, molded us, and shaped us and designed us in such a way that we would then be shipped to the earth uh, via coming through, uh, you know, our mother's uh, mother's uh, 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 being conceived and coming through the mother's womb and being born and 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 all of that, the natural part that had to to uh, to, to come to pass to get us in the earth. But ultimately, we're all in the earth so that we make a difference in somebody else's life in some way. Ephesians two ten says, "We are God's workmanship." 
We are created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God preordained that we walk in it. That means simply that before we ever even came to this earth, we were already predetermined to be works of art. A work of art is a masterpiece. Mm. Can you say that? I'm a masterpiece. I am a masterpiece. You ought to get that in your spirit. I am a masterpiece. Now let's flip the script. Not only are you a masterpiece, but as a creation of God, you are a piece of the master. Ooh, did you hear that? Not only are you a masterpiece, but you are a piece of the master. Why don't you say that? I am a piece of the master. That means that you have a piece of Christ deposited into you so that when you were sent to the earth, you were to live out your life in such a way that you make a difference, that you touch someone else's life, that you fulfill your purpose, that you do everything that you were sent here to do. And that is a good work. We were all created to fulfill some, some kind of work, some kind of assignment in our life. That's important. That is why uh, the word of God says in Jeremiah 29, 11, you've probably heard this scripture maybe a thousand times and maybe only a few times. It doesn't matter, but let it water your soul right now. He says that, mm, 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 for I know the plans. You may not know them, but the father says, I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. I have plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. There's that word hope. Hope and a future. He says, I have plans not to harm you, but to give you hope and a future. In this life, not all things will look good or be good or feel good, but some kind of way they will all work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. That's why it's important to have hope that there is a plan for your life. A person who aborts their life forgets that there's a plan for their life. There is a plan for your life. I want to share a little bit now from the book of Genesis. I told you. You're in Hope University, by the way, today. This is Hope University. <laughs> All things hope. This is Hope University. That's why if you're a note taker, today is a great day to take some notes. Oh, yes, it is. This is the day for you to be able to be, to be encouraged, to be uplifted, to be inspired in supernatural ways. Now, hear this. In Genesis 3, verse 9 through 12, God is speaking to Adam and Eve, first man and woman on the earth, first human beings on the earth, and they have fallen short. And he's saying to them um, here in the book of Genesis, the Lord says, but the Lord called to the man, where are you? Talking to Adam. Adam answers, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. And he said, God says back, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? And then the man says back, well, here's the first time blame comes into the picture. <laughs> here, here's the first time somebody ever blamed somebody. It's right here in this scripture. Adam says, the woman who, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit uh, to eat from the tree. And so I ate it. Well, I'm not going to focus on that this time. I'm going to let Adam slide on trying to blame Eve. But what I want to focus on is the questions here that God asked Adam. First, he said, where are you? Where are you, Adam? 
Then he says, who told you that you were naked? In other words, God is saying, why are you hiding? I'm trying to connect with you, to talk to you, to tell you that I love you, to, to, to tell you no matter what you've done, I, I know you. I, 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 know, I knew you would fall short before you even fell short. So why are, you, why are you hiding from me? Who told you these lies? Who made you think that you needed to hide from me? Do, do you not know who I am? I know where you are. Listen to this. In other words, who told you something was wrong with you? Hmm. Who told you that you weren't good enough? Who told you that uh, I, don't, I wouldn't love you anymore because of what you did? Don't you know? I'm paraphrasing here, but God is really saying, don't you know that I created you? I knew you uh, before you were ever even in your mother's womb, before you were ever even conceived. I saw you. I looked out. I saw you. And I put something in you. I put gifts inside of you. I even wrote a book about you. And I sent you to the earth. And I knew that this would even be a part of your story. And I don't give up on you. I don't throw you away because you fall short, because you missed the mark, because you messed up. Come on. Because you didn't do what you were supposed to do. I'm not like man. I'm not like people. I'm not like the humans. Come on. The world tries to define us based on our past, based on our shortcomings, based on our, 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 our mistakes that we make. The, the world would throw you away. And the world could be your mom, your dad. It could be a, a friend. It could be a spouse. It could be, uh, you know, anybody that, uh, that, that feels that, like you don't, you're not good enough for them anymore. Or, or, or you need to be cast to the side. or You need to be let go. But here's the thing to understand. The world doesn't define you because the world did not design you. Oh my goodness. You ought to get that in your spirit. Say that with me. The world doesn't define me because the world did not design me. That's some good news today. Aren't you glad that man did not design you? Because if man define, if man had the power to, desi to design you, uh, people could get mad at you and take your gifts back. <laughs> They do it anyway. <laughs> people will get mad at you and, and take a gift back that they gave you. In the natural, people do do that. Well, you know what? You can just you can just give that ring back to me. Then, you know, if you're not going to marry me or if you don't want to be with me, just give me my ring back. <laughs> okay, here's the thing. But the world doesn't get to define your worth. The world doesn't get to define your gifts. The world doesn't get to does not get to define how much you matter. Are you with me? That's a word. That's a word. That's a word to be able to get into your spirit today that the world does not have any right to tell you who you are. The world has no right to tell you what, how much you are actually worth. That's a word for somebody. The world doesn't define you because the world did not design you. That's a word. That's a word. Now, knowing this and understanding that you have gifts, and that you you have your your gifts matter that you have so much purpose in you it's so important to understand that you make your mind up that you're going to live to become the person that you were truthfully created to be now let me say something 
Some, some people don't even feel worthy of being blessed or worthy of even getting a promotion, worthy of being able to have an opportunity to do some things that perhaps you've always wanted to do. And now you're in that position and you don't even feel that you deserve to be there. That's why the enemy is always trying to block and stop and hinder you from walking in your worth. Walking in your worth. So I want you to get this. I know some people struggle with what this term is called imposter syndrome. Imposter syndrome is feeling like a fraud, feeling inadequate, feeling that you don't measure up, feeling like somebody's going to find you out and they're going to know that you, you're not all of that or you're, you know, you're not as smart as you thought that they thought everybody thinks you are. You're not as intelligent and so forth. Even if you have the degrees, even if you have the experience, even if you actually qualify for a promotion, when you have what's called imposter syndrome, it tricks your mind, deceives you into feeling that you don't deserve to be in that seat, that you don't deserve to be at the table. You don't deserve to be in the boardroom. You don't deserve to be called manager, director, supervisor. You don't deserve, come on, that you didn't even deserve that promotion. But I want to remind you of what the, the word says about a promotion. Psalm 75 verse 6, 7 says, promotion does not come from the east, the west, or the south. It comes from God who sits one down and he puts another up. That's some good news. Aren't you glad? I want you to be reminded today that wherever position you're in, man did not put you there. I don't care what people try to make you think, you know, if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't have this job. If it wasn't for me, you wouldn't have gotten that promotion. Listen, no man puts you in a position. God does. God uses people to open up doors for you. God uses people, if you will, to swing the door open, but it's God's divine plan for you to be. But why? Because that is your moment. That is your season. It is your time. So if you've struggled with imposter syndrome, I want you to make a decision right now. And that is that God has divinely planned your life already out and that where you are is where you deserve to be. And we're all only where we are by grace and mercy. The twins, mm. grace and mercy. Come on. You know what grace is? Grace is receiving God's unmerited favor. Grace is unearned. Grace is undeserved. Grace is when an opportunity comes your way that you weren't expecting and you can't even believe that you're there. But grace put you in that seat. Are you with me? That's a good news. That's good news today. Grace opened that door. That means if God, come on, if God put you in a door, if God opened the door, God certainly himself has ordained and qualified you enough to be there. Are you with me? Come on. Mercy is not receiving what you do deserve. You know, mercy, mercy, mercy. When we do wrong, when we fall short, well, we're guilty, but thank God there's mercy for having a new day to start over. That's great. Mercy and grace. God 
places us in places of opportunity and he opens doors. The Bible says he opens doors that no man can close. Isn't that some wonderful news today? I just want you to be encouraged to understand today I'm talking to you about walking in your purpose and walking in your the, 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 uh, the, the, the blessing and the favor that is intended for your life. It's so amazing what can happen if you just decide that you're going to walk in your purpose and you are not going to apologize for it. You need to make that decision to, to live a, an, a, an unapologetic life. Wow. What's an unapologetic life? That is live, choosing to live your life in such a way that you're not feeling guilty, you're not feeling burdened, you're not feeling uh, sad, you're not feeling overwhelmed, you're not feeling uh, that that you don't uh, uh, you know deserve an opportunity. No, listen. When you are living an unapologetic life, that means that you're being choosing to be unapologetically you. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness, what would happen if every person on the earth simply decided to be who they were really born to be unapologetically? So that if somebody else is choosing to go another route in life and, and choosing to, you know, maybe make poor decisions with their life, listen, you, don't feel bad that you've made right decisions. Don't feel bad that you have allowed yourself, you, you, you made some right decisions. Maybe you went back to school and your friends didn't want to go back to school. Maybe they was trying to tell you, honey, please, I'm not trying to go back to school. I, I'm, I'm satisfied with a bachelor's and you decided to go all the way and now you have a PhD. Don't you apologize. Don't dim your shine. Are you with me? That's so important to understand because God is the one who placed you in the earth for a purpose and to fulfill your purpose. So it is important that you know that. Now let's move on. I want to talk to you about something. I want you to talk, I want to talk to you about understanding how you have been not only have you been divinely designed, I, I shared a, a little bit about this. No, I actually went into more detail about this, talking about the seven, your seven God design abilities, your seven God design abilities. I talked about that in episode three, and you might want to go back and, and really listen to it because it's a, it, it's a really good uh, extensive teaching on your seven ways that God designed you. And these seven gifts really, uh, these seven abilities rather, are very important to understand because they help you to be able to have the boldness, the confidence, the courage to walk out your purpose in the earth. So you know already there's a book about you. You already know there's a bestseller. Come on, somebody. Don't that make you smile to know that you have a book already in heaven about you. And now it's time for you to prepare yourself to walk out and live out your book in the earth. Let me talk about these seven uh, uh, ways in which you have abilities. Seven God-designed abilities. I'm going to re-mention them because they're worth talking about because they will help you be able to approach walking in your gifts, because I'm going to next talk to you about your gifts. Number one is the way that God has designed you is with the ability called volition. Volition is the ability to choose. Mm choose, choose. You get to choose your career. You get to choose what kind of, uh, um, 
you know, car you want to drive. You get to choose uh, relationships. You get to choose your friends. You get to choose. Come on, you get to choose to 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 to, to move forward with life. If 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 a relationship breaks up, you get to choose what you wear. It's so much that comes with volition. That's a very powerful gift that you have. That is the ability to choose. So you can choose to be down. You can choose to be up. You can choose to be happy. You can choose to be sad. You can choose to have a positive outlook on life, or you can choose to want to give up on life. That's a powerful thing. When we're talking about how God designed you, he designed you with the ability to choose. And he says a very powerful scripture, and that is found in Deuteronomy 30, verse 19. Deuteronomy 30, verse 19 says, I have set before you death or life, blessing or cursing. Therefore, choose life so that you and your children may live. That's a very powerful scripture that's just telling you, God says, listen, I've given you the ability to, to, to choose life and all that comes with life. And all you have to do is make that choice that you want the, to be able to live a life of joy, a life of peace, a life of hope, a life of encouragement, a life of healing, a life uh, where, 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 where you fulfill your purpose. He says, I've given you the ability to choose that. Number two says, uh, is the ability called intellect. Intellect is the ability to think. God has given us the ability to think. And that means that you get to, you can, you can think on things that are pure, lovely, true, honest, praiseworthy, and of a good report, uh, as the word says in Philippians 6. Or you can think negative. You can think, you know, sad. You can think, uh, uh, you know, thoughts that drain you and thoughts that uh, cause anxiety and cause fear. You have the ability to think. And when it comes to your gifts and comes to walking in your purpose, you want to be able to think big. Come on. You want to be able to think big because you know what? Ephesians 3.20 says it like this. He says, God is able to do even exceeding and abundantly above all that you can ask think or imagine. That's a powerful promise. And so if you would think big, big things can happen for you. Remember, you already have a book and I believe God wants some, to do some big things in your life. Come on, but you've got to be able to think, expand your thinking and see more for your life and see yourself doing things that you never even thought you could do. It is within you to do. If you can think it, you can do it. You can be it. Come on. Number three is conscience. Conscience is the ability to discern. That simply means having the ability to, the ability to know the difference between right, wrong, good, evil, bad, good. It means being able to really make those wise choices for your life. That is a great thing to be able to have. And that's, that's, that's awesome to have that conscience uh, because it also keeps you from, you know, making some poor choices because you, you begin to think about, mm, I shouldn't do that. I shouldn't do that. That's not going to, that's not going to lead me down the track of my purpose. So it's great to have conscience. Uh, conscience keeps you from, you know, uh, mistreating people. It keeps you from uh, doing things that will come back on you later on in life. Are you with me? So it's a great thing when you uh, realize that God is giving you, he's designed you with a ability to be able to, to make the right choices for your life so that you can end up fulfilling your purpose. Come on and seeing that bestseller book play out in the earth. Number four is emotion. 
That's another way that God has created you. He's created you with emotion. Emotion is the ability to feel. We have the ability to feel, feel sad, feel glad, feel up, feel, you know, feel joy. It's a powerful thing. You have the ability to feel. And so that's why we always want to watch our words because our words uh, produce our feelings. So if you start saying uh, things that uh, are not, you know, positive, you're, it, it drains you and you'll feel bad. And so when you talk about your gifts, you want to, you want to feel excited. When you know that God has designed you, God has de de designed you for purpose and God, not the world, has defined you. Come on, the world didn't doesn't define you. The world tries to define us in all kinds of ways, but the world doesn't get to define you. So you can feel good knowing that you are, you, you, you are designed by God with so much purpose and so much value and so much worth. You ought to feel good about that. You ought to begin to appreciate how God designed you. Do you appreciate? Have you ever said, God, thank you for making me me? Wow. Have you ever even thought to say, God, I appreciate you for making me me? Have you ever even thought to do that, to say that? If not, you ought to say it right now. God, thank you for making me me. Oh, that's a good. Oh, I know somebody said, I know you said it. I just believe it by faith. Words have power. Number five is self-awareness. Self-awareness is the ability to be aware, you know, to be aware of, uh, of maybe, you know, some things that you need to change about yourself, uh, you know, aware of some flaws about yourself. I'm not talking about flaws with your face. I'm not talking about those physical flaws. I'm talking about character flaws, uh, maybe some ways in which, you know, you need to work on maybe talking too much, maybe gossiping, maybe judging people, those kinds of flaws. So we want to be self-aware. And that's a great thing because if you are aware of yourself, uh, the way that God designed you, then when you see yourself falling too short, when you, you know, see yourself kind of going down the wrong track, you can pull it in and you say, uh-uh, no, uh-uh, that's not me. I do not want to have that kind of attitude. I don't want to have that kind of spirit. I refuse, come on, to allow myself to, uh, to, to just misrepresent uh, my, myself. I, I, I just, I, I'm not, no, 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 no. I, I don't have to do like that. I'm not going to be like that. I, when they go low, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go high. All right. Michelle Obama. Listen. So now and number six is, again, we're talking about how God designed you. That is God designed you with memory. Memory is wonderful. Memory is the ability to recall or to remember. And so it's wonderful to be able to remember when you remember uh, what the word of God says about you and knowing that you are fearfully and wonderfully made in his image. When you can remember that when you're going through, then it will help you to keep pushing forward because you know that you have purpose. You know that somebody needs you. You know that your life matters and you will keep going. You know, memory is wonderful because you can remember some things from childhood. We have good memories from childhood. Sometimes we have some bad memories, but even with bad memories and some things that, you know, that, that didn't go well in our life, the powerful thing is that when you heal from those, those memories just become facts from your past that do not define you. Come on. We do not have to be defined by things that happen that we can remember from our past that weren't so good. It's just important to be able to understand that when you're talking about having uh, uh, gifts, you're talking about having purpose, you're talking about being divinely designed by God, you realize and know that everything that you can remember 
ultimately, you know that it's going to work together for your good, that God's going to bring good out of those things that happen in your life. And the very last one on these seven are, is what's called voice, voice, voice is the ability to speak. Voice is the ability to speak. Wow. My God, death and life in the power of the tongue. They that love it shall eat the fruit. Wow. Proverbs 18, 21. The Bible says in Job 22, verse eight, you will decree a thing and it, the thing that you decree shall be established. It is so much about words, so much about spoken words, so much. That is a very powerful ability that you have been blessed with. And that means that on any given day, you have the power to wake up and speak life out of your mouth and to decree and declare that today is a great day. Today, something amazing is coming my way. Doors are opening for my life. Money is coming to me. My bills are supernaturally paid. My destiny is being fulfilled. Doors of opportunity to fulfill my calling in the world is coming to me. Listen, it's amazing what will happen when you use those abilities. Those seven God-given abilities are available to you 24 hours a day, and they are free. Isn't it good news? Come on, not, not many things are free nowadays, but it's free and it's powerful and it's life-changing. Well, I want to end today with talking about seven motivational gifts, seven motivational gifts. I've been teaching on the seven motivational gifts for so many years. I just love helping people discover their God design. This is what the true spiritual DNA that I was talking about earlier when David was saying that you saw my uh, unformed body, you saw my, my substance, you saw me. That means the DNA, what you put in me. Well, guess what, y'all? The DNA that was placed in you, one of the major ways that it plays out in the earth is you being able to have gifts. We're talking about inherent gifts. These were the package for a purpose, wrapped for a reason gifts. So I want to go through these real quick with you. And then I'm going to give you an opportunity. I'm going to tell you how you can take a test, another free test. Come on. Another, you can take a test that can help you actually dis, to uh, discover what your actual God design is, meaning what your, uh, your seven motivational gifts are. Every person in the world, whether we believe in God, don't believe in God, doesn't have anything to do with that. This is actually from uh, Romans uh, ch chapter 12, talks about these seven gifts, but it's, it's amazing. It's so amazing. It, these gifts are real and they play out in the in the earth. I want to just go through these seven motivational gifts. Doesn't mean that you're going to have all seven gifts. It does mean that you're going to have one gift that should be predominant. It should, it should stand out above the other gifts. And then you will have two or three that would be your secondary gifts. So the first gift 
is called perceiver. A perceiver is a person who has an, has an amazing inherent ability to discern uh, good, discern evil, to know what's, the person who has the gift uh, of perceiver, that's the person that just knows when something is not right. That's that person that is called a seer. That's that person that, you know, if, if you have, uh, if that person has friends, that person just has a, an, a keen ability to be able to have a, a, a judgment of people's character, if you will. Uh, uh, th this is a gift that is, is, it means a person who has strong convictions. People who have the gift uh, of perceiver, they're, they're, they're just black or white. I mean, it's either right or it's wrong. I mean, they, they have some strong beliefs and they're, they're, they're really rooted and grounded, if you will, in terms of, uh, of being serious about life and serious about what, what they should be doing and even what other people should be doing. But, they, but, but it's an amazing gift though. It's, it's the gift of perceiver. Uh, that's a person who is the, the seer, uh, you know, among their friends or again, in, 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 in the world or in their family or within their church or within their community or what have you. That's, that is a, that is a person that's needed. You need a person who uh, is bold and strong and who can, can help you uh, maybe not make a bad choice. You, I mean, the perceiver can keep people from making bad choices because they, they're going to see it and they're going to call it out that, but that is a gift that, that is sometimes people don't, we don't appreciate the people who have the perceiver gift. It's like, they come, they're just too strong and they just, I don't know. They, they just, you know, they were just so strong about it, but they were telling you the truth. <laughs> you just gotta, you just gotta be, you know, you just, you just got to be strong enough to receive the truth and humble enough to receive it. The second gift, gift is called the server, a person who has the gift of serving. Now we all can serve, we can all help out, but a person who has the gift of serving is a person who has an inherent ability to just want to help people. They, they are the hands. Their gift is really in the hands. They will serve. They will help. They will make stuff. They will do stuff. They're, they're, it's a beautiful gift. When you are the server, you, you don't mind coming over and cutting somebody's yard. When you're the server, you'll cook a meal for someone. That's wonderful. That's a beautiful gift. Uh, people who are the servers, uh, they don't really want to do a lot of meetings. They, they love being in the background. They enjoy uh, you know, doing, you know, work behind the scenes. They're the people who are the cooks in the church. They're the people who are humble enough to clean up, if you will, in the church or volunteer. And in their volunteer jobs, they would do the most manual job because they have a servant's heart. That is a gift. Is that you? Is that your gift? Is that your gift? See, you're dis you're discovering. You're like, wow. Okay, keep going through these gifts. I need to see which one is mine. I promise you, I have a way that you're going to decide. Oh, you're going to be able to discover what your primary gifts are. The next gift is called teaching. The motivational gift. The these motivational gifts are inherent gifts that you were born with. You are never going to get away from having these gifts. The next one is the teacher. Now. 
doesn't mean that you would teach necessarily as a teacher in, in, a, in a school system or, uh, you know, be a college professor per se, but a person who is the gift of teaching is a person who loves knowledge, loves to learn and loves to help other people learn something. You know, when you have the gift of teaching, it's a person who enjoys research. Do you enjoy researching? <laughs> Do you enjoy facts? The person who has the gift of teaching, that's the person that if they're in school, in, in church, they're going to take notes and the pastor can just, just can just, you know, just get up there talking. They will go and look up the scripture and make sure that what he or she said was in proper context. <laughs> I love the teacher. A person who has the gift of teaching really enjoys helping other people learn. You love, even if it's one-on-one -on -one or, or in a group, you enjoy. That's the person that takes the time that on your own to teach your family members how to work on the computer. You you just love any kind of way to, to just, just get some knowledge to somebody. You enjoy that. Is that you? <laughs> That's the gift of teaching. The next gift is the gift of giving. Giving. Wow. Now we all can give some money. We can all give clothing. We can all help out. But a person who has the gift of giving is a person who has an inherent ability. It's a grace gift. It's an inherent ability to help meet a need. Now, I love to share about this famous person who has the gift of giving. Everybody, I believe, probably on the planet knows her. That's Oprah Winfrey. Oprah Winfrey is the one who coined the phrase, you get a gift and you get a gift and you get a gift and you get a car and you get a car and you get a car and you get a gift card and you get a gift card. Boy, everybody started copying that, right? <laughs> on the on the talk shows. Uh, Oprah brought it strong. She set the bar high. Well, Oprah is simply operating in her gift. People who have the gift of giving have a desire. It doesn't matter if they have a lot of money or a little money. It doesn't matter if they have a lot of resources or little. The person who has the gift of giving enjoys giving. Most of all, they enjoy uh, giving to meet a need. They enjoy most often giving in secret. They enjoy giving in such a way where they don't get the credit. They don't get the glory. They're not on Facebook Telling everybody, well, you know, the Lord put it on my heart to give $50, really $50 to give $50, uh, uh, you know, to my friend because she was going through. And I just want to be able to challenge other people to, you know, give and, and, you know, and look at the people in your life that God may put on your heart to give $50 to. Listen, that's that's not somebody who has the gift of giving because truly uh, the Bible tells us that when you give and you help, you do it in secret, and then he will reward you openly. People who have the gift of giving love making uh, a point of giving in secret. They love giving to meet a need. Um, they love sharing their resources in such a way that can make a difference in somebody's life, but they do not do it in any kind of grand fashion. But that's a gift. That's an actual gift. A person who has the gift of giving will never go broke because they're always sowing and giving. The next gift is the gift of encouragement slash exhortation. Gift 
of encouragement or slash exhortation. That is the cheerleader. That is the person that on any given day, doesn't matter what they're going through, doesn't matter what life is throwing at them. They can, at the drop of a hat, give a word of encouragement to somebody. <laughs> the person who has the gift of encouragement generally is a person who has a positive outlook on life. They are Most of the time they're up. They, they're, they're the person that can, I don't care what kind of bad news they here they can put a positive spin on it in any any kind of way they just are and they're also graced with the ability to uh speak truth to people in love that's a real special uh grace when you have to tell people you know some hard truth but you do it in love people who have the gift of giving a gift of, of of exhortation or what's called the gift of encouragement have that ability to do so. Two more, y'all. One, uh, as, as I'm talking to you, is the gift of administration slash leadership. That is your born leader. A person who has an inherent ability to just, that's the person that leads the family reunion. Uh, you know, that's the person that's always organizing, always planning something. It's, it's just an inherent ability to just, you know, mo to just lead people. Uh, that is a gift. That is a gift. Some people are just born. They're just natural born leaders. And that's a great gift to have. We need people in the earth who have leadership ability. Where would we be? Somebody has to lead. Come on. And uh, the last gift, I always love to end it with this one. It's the gift of mercy slash compassion. Is that you? A person who has the gift of mercy is a person who has an just an inherent ability to feel other people's pain, to make people feel that they are truly being listened to, that they are really genuinely cared about. That is the heart of God. A person who has this gift of compassion, uh, that's the person that just can't see somebody on a corner with a sign and just so easily turn their head. They they, they are going to feel the need to want to give that person some money or buy them a meal or something. It is a beautiful gift to have the gift of mercy. The only thing about the gift of mercy and compassion is sometimes you can be taken advantage of. It, it, really, people know you have a good heart like that. They'll try to take advantage of you. These are the seven gifts. These seven gifts are clues to you being able to understand your purpose. You cannot walk in your purpose and, and fulfill your purpose without knowing what your gifts are. These are gifts that come straight from God. That means you are going to always be motivated out of these gifts. So you are always motivated to, to love people, to, to show mercy and compassion. You are motivated on any given day to encourage people. If that's your gift, like Dr. B, obviously it's, it's easy to see that my gift would be, my primary gift is the gift of, of, of uh, encouragement. So it doesn't matter how uh, my day has been or how challenging my day Days, man, I can give encouragement. I speak truth. I do. I, I try to do it in love. I'm, you know, most of the time I'm up. I can give a word. I, I, I just love to pour hope into the earth. That's how my gift plays out. So each of these gifts can play out in different ways. And it's so important for you to understand that God designed you. This is your DNA. So with that being said, I want you to write this down 
I want you to go online. If you want to know what your really what your real gift is and and what your uh, primary gifts are, your primary means which one of these gifts is the number one gift that you have, and then what are your secondary gifts? If you've heard them but you really want to know for sure, you're not quite sure which one is the top. You can go to gifttest.org. That is G I F T. T-E-S-T dot org. The word gift and the word test. Gifttest.org. And you can take that test. It's free. You answer 33 questions and you answer them honestly. Honestly. You don't want to skew the test by trying to say, uh, you know, yes to everything or always to everything. No, be very honest. And if you are and you take the test, you will discover what your gifts are. And if you discover what your gifts are, you, my friend, can discover what your God-given purpose is. Our next session, our next episode, we're literally going to be talking about how, what, how to walk in your purpose, answering those questions about what your, you know, who am I? Why am I here? And what am I, what is my purpose? So you know what I want you to do? Take the test. Take the test. So that when you come back with me next week, you'll be able to hear how you can walk in your purpose using your gifts. Isn't that good news? Come on. As I uh, close out, I just want you to know that you do have your gifts and your gifts are in it. It means that you have an inherent ability to fulfill a need that is in the earth. That is what a gift is. Let me repeat that. A gift is an inherent ability to fulfill a need to fulfill a function that meets the need of someone in the earth. It also means that uh, that you, you meet the need of an entity, which means a company or an organization. If I broke that down, it simply means this, your gift will make room for you. Proverbs 18, 16 says your gift will make room for you. And sometimes we don't think that we have gifts because we can't dance, can't sing, we, we're not in the arts. That that those are gifts, but those are just one of thousands of gifts. But I just gave you the seven motivational gifts that can help you to discover truly how God created you and how you have a purpose to fulfill in the earth. Come on, that's a wonderful thing. Did you know that cleaning, cleaning is a gift. I have a, a great friend that retired and she decided that she, she always thought that she, she never thought she had a gift. She said all her life, she looked around, she compared herself to everyone else, never felt like she had a gift until she retired and she was looking for something to do. And she just started cleaning. She said that she has always loved cleaning. So you know what? She realized that it was a gift because I told her that's a gift. A gift is 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 when you have a, 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 a just a what a, an ability to do something that comes with such ease to you that may be a struggle for somebody else. And so she cleans homes for the elderly. Uh, she just loves it. She can clean homes from top to bottom. She does get paid, but she's really turned it into just a ministry. But it's cleaning. It's a gift. It's a gift. The Bible says that, you know, cleanliness is next to godliness. So that's an amazing thing to be able to do so. And so it's just important to know that God has given us gifts and your gift will make room for you. 
doesn't talk about your degrees making room for you, but he does talk about your gift making room for you. I want to encourage you in closing to know this, that God has divinely designed you. God has divinely defined you. He's defined you in such a way for you to know that you matter, that you have purpose, that you have worth, and that you have gifts on the inside of you. And so as I close, I just want you to take hold of that by saying this, I am divinely designed. Woo. And I am divinely defined. That's a word. That is a word. Well, I'm closing out today. I'm grateful to have had a chance to be with you on today and in this Hope University. Today has been Hope University. Hope that you've taken some notes and I pray and hope that you would share this episode six of the Hope Zone with somebody. Share it with a friend, leave a review, leave a comment, and I pray that you will return back on next week. Because next week, we're going to take it to a whole nother level. All right, I'm closing out. I am so thankful to have been with you on today. And until next time, I can tell you about me on my worst day, best day, and every day in between. I'm Hope on Two Legs. And as you can see right behind me, hope is what I give and hope is why I live. And that's why I can tell you, just like a piece of rope, remember to do this. Hold on, hold on, hold on to hope. I'm so glad you made it to the end of the podcast. If the Hope Zone is making a positive difference in your life, please subscribe to the show so you don't miss the next episode. Leave a review and most of all, share it with your friends. And remember, from your worst day to your best day, there's hope in every situation.